Welcome to the All Manner of Things podcast. This is the monthly manner episode for January 2020. Hi, my name's Shondell. And I'm Peter. And this is All Manner of Things, the podcast where we talk about board games. And this is one of our monthly manner episodes where we're just going to chat to you about what we've been up to for the month of January. Month that was 2020. And what um, an amazing month it was. A bit of a turnaround from, it just feels like anyway, from, look, we've been playing a lot of games in the previous month, more than I give it credit for. But this month in particular, it did feel like a good month for all manner of things. Yep. So I want to start though by just talking about all manner of things rather than the games we've played. And just a quick apology to anyone who accesses our episodes via iTunes. We only recently discovered that uh, sometime, I think, in the middle of December, our feed stopped working in iTunes. There was one random episode left there, but all our other episodes disappeared and the new ones weren't coming through. They were working fine in other podcasting applications. As far as we could tell, it was just iTunes. Uh, We've managed to fix that up now. The so plus it is side, working. The plus side to that is maybe someone who's new to all matter of things, you know, just browsing about and all of a sudden seeing, you know, 60 plus episodes that just landed on their doorstep, you know, for the first true, time. That would be pretty true. exciting. Well, you know, modestly speaking, that would be pretty exciting <laughs> to see six, six episodes of all manner of things. Um, the other side effect of doing this, though, is because a lot of other apps utilise iTunes to find information about podcasts. I don't know entirely how it works, but I know at least in the app that we always check out episodes in, it did start showing that there was new episodes available when there was no new episodes. So apologies to those people as well if you came across that during the month. Little technical glitch, but we should be back on track now and we're excited about that. Mm-hmm. And... And speaking of all manner of things, we actually got a review episode out this month. Yay! We released a review episode of Tekanoko. Yeah, so pretty And handy. in the background, we've actually been recording a couple of more reviews, which we hope to re- release throughout the year. Yes, so we, well. we, we sort of do a little bit of a annual meeting around December, January. Where we think about, yeah, whether we still enjoy doing this. Um, At that point, when we decide if we want to keep doing it, we usually think about where we want to take it for the year. And last year was a pretty terrible year. So this year we are sort of kicking ourselves in the bum to get things happening again. We've got a new release schedule planned out. So previously we used to do one episode every fortnight. Uh, That just is not quite as realistic as it used to be. So what we're planning on doing this year, hopefully, fingers crossed, well, not fingers crossed, just if we can well, you know, get if, ourselves organised. Exactly, yeah. It's, it doesn't come to luck, I think. So it no, comes to it comes to hard work. Well planning, <laughs> good planning and, and hard work, yeah. Um, well, so hard work, really. I mean, the hard work really, I find, comes with the editing. Yes. That takes some hard work. But this, this sitting around a microphone chatting, this is fun. Yeah. This is the favourite yeah. part. So the new release schedule will be on the first of each month. We will try and release the monthly manner episodes. On the 11th of the month, we are going to try and release some written content on the website, but that is not going to start until possibly March. 
or maybe February, you know, you never know, but I'm not going to guarantee that yet. We are on a holiday in February. Yes. So, yeah. And then um, the 21st of the month, we will release a different podcast episode. So 1st, 11th, 21st, and then back to the 1st again. That's our, that's our plan yeah. for this year. We'll see how we go at keeping up with that. And yes, as you mentioned, we are on holiday for February, pretty much the entire month. Having just set our new release schedule, <laughs> our monthly manner for February will come out late because we're just not back in time to record and release that episode. I was considering not doing it at all, but we are planning on taking some games with us, so we will hopefully get some games played while we're away. So we should still have something to talk about, which will be good. I think that's all the all manner of things news. Yeah. Month. So now we can get on to the exciting stuff, which is what games we played this month. And yes, as Pete mentioned, we have played a few more games this month than our previous abysmal months in December and November. So the first game I'm looking at is City of Spies. Hmm, yes. Now City of Spies was the last of the big horde we got last year. Last year we bought ourselves a little, oh, it's in a big horde. It was a little horde, but we bought ourselves a bunch of games and we spread them out over the months when we could actually play them. So that each month we'd be playing a new game. City of Spies was the last of those and yeah, very enjoyable. Not quite what I expected, but it was really No, good. no, no. I actually ended up thinking, oh, this, what we're looking at the box. I was actually, maybe perhaps a little in, well, let us, I'm just not doing very well with my speaking at all, am I? I felt a little intimidated, I should say, just by the box, by the artwork. I was like, oh, this looks like a bit of a crunchy game. And yes, there's a lot of variation with the locations you go to, but it made sense. The iconography there was was actually really well thought out. And I, I kind of got into the theme of this one. It, it, was, it was good. It was really good. I, I enjoyed it and I definitely want to play it again. Yeah, yeah, I definitely do. I think we got we got very oh, not lucky, yeah, maybe lucky because some of these games we bought on a whim. Yeah, they were discounted, and we just thought, yeah, let's give it a try. And we haven't had a bad game. Yeah, yet. we've just really enjoyed all the games that we've played. Yeah, and each game has been really unique in the way that it, the style that it plays as well. Like nothing, no other games that we own have been like City of Spies. It's. I thought it was going to be – the artwork reminds me of Where in the World is Carmen San Diego. Yes. I thought it was going to be it's more of a somehow doing some spy stuff, but it's not. It's all about recruiting spies, mm. using the best people to recruit the best people. And that was really interesting. It was really yeah. cleverly done. But at the same time, it wasn't the case I felt of the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer, which is – I don't Some know, that was because you were the rich. You were rich. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it was because you won good things early on. I suppose it gave you a more variety of people it to did. choose from. It did. But you still, so as you recruit people, your, I guess your deck of people that you can choose from increases. But at the same time you're still only allowed to have a certain number each round. So you have to discard down to the same number. 
Absolutely. And both of us had to just go down to the same number. And so it's, it's not like not, you have more people. It's not it's only just that, you have it's, more to choose from. It's the people that you recruit either have a really high end scoring value or are really powerful for recruiting more agents. And so you've got to have that balance of like, do I want these essentially dud spies that are only good for the end game victory points or do I want people with people that could pretty much bring in any spy that I wanted to from any location. And that's a, t- that's a tough call. So, And I have to say at this point that my, my winning streak that I was on last year, after you broke it with it's, Arboretum. It's flipped. It, it has. I lost every game we played this month, I believe. Mm, I think so. And uh, I don't know. It's one of those things that will turn around again, I'm sure. Yes. No doubt. But yep. um, yeah, I've been enjoying this this run. <laughs> yeah. And I've been enjoying the games we've been playing, so it's yeah. good. Yeah, always. Okay, the other game, another game we played during the month was Dominion Intrigue. This was our Yay. random game that was picked from the app last month. Yeah. Now, you may remember when... The app said Dominion Intrigue. We're like, yeah, okay, we could play that. Mm. I mean, normally it picks a random game and we're like, yeah, awesome, that's cool. We haven't played that in a while. But this time we were just like, yeah, yeah, I could play that. Yeah, I could play that. And then we started to think about the game and we started to play the game and we did a review of the game, which will be coming out in February. Yep. And That got us really excited again. Exactly. It's the type of game that sits on the shelf and I look at it and I look I look past it. I yeah. skim past it all the time. But I really, really enjoy it and I really get into it. Mm. And once I'm forced, to, well, not forced to play it, but by this app, random app, choosing this game for me. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I like I got a lot out of it. I really loved it. And the um, Pete picked the kingdom cards for us in this round because there's, if you haven't played Dominion before, there's 10 different kingdom cards that you get to choose to make up the decks in the center that you buy from at the start of the game. And there's a whole bunch of different cards that you can make up these 10 that are available from. And you picked some, you picked some very interesting ones. Yeah. Look, uh, I've picked some, which we've never either, I've only played once or twice before, maybe right at the start. And there's probably cards in there. We still have never played. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure I'd seen all of any of those cards before. Yeah, and I've picked some other ones. One of my favourites um, that I liked is the, the plus one buy. Do you remember the, what that one was called? The Merchant or... The Baron? The Baron. Yes, yeah. the Baron, I think is what Yeah, plus, plus one, one buy and he turned the estate into f- gold. Yeah, for some reason I really like that card. I really like that the Kingdom card. I just like the idea of... Idea of Plus one buy, plus one buy, plus one buy. How many things can you buy in your turn? And I also like the plus one card, plus one action, plus one card, plus one action. The cards as well. They're they're the part of the estate slash kingdom cards. There, there is they're a kingdom card really, but they give you victory points. So you you rattle. Oh, through the great your, hall. The great hall is it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to work out what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So they. Uh, they by doing plus one card plus one action really all you do is you play this card so that you get to draw a different card and you still get an action so it's like it's sort of it does nothing except for the fact that it's also got victory Victory points points. on it which makes it yes a very powerful card to have because it doesn't get in the way 
while it's still being a victory point. So you, you do realise, of course, that Shondell's got a, a much better memory than what I do. So I'm kind of going, you know that purple card with the guy in it that does the thing? Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's the Baron. Anyway, um, yeah. The Baron was the first deck to disappear yes. on this game and because we were both fighting to get as many of him as you could. And the Duke, though. I really like the Duke yeah. one. That really – that one, you Duke really want to get was, those. Um, each one victory point per duchy province. that you Dutch, have. Duchies, yeah. So normally you're fighting to get provinces because they're worth the big victory points. And duchies, are the, I think the province is worth three? six victory oh, points. Six is the province, three and for... Three for a duchy and one for an estate yeah. at the end. Those are the victory points. So normally you're fighting to get the provinces because it's the big victory points. But with the duke, yeah, he's worth one victory point per duchy you have so all of a sudden if you're getting lots of dukes and lots of duchies that's a really good way to get victory points that was my strategy in the game didn't quite pay off i Pete saw you doing copied that. it yeah he saw me start to do it he copied it but he was also going for provinces so he also had enough gold because the thing with getting the provinces is they need a lot of gold and i was like no i'm not going to focus on getting gold this turn because i'm this game because i'm going to do it this way anyway didn't pay off uh I don't feel bitter at all about that. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I went out on a limb, I tried something different and it blew up in my face. Yeah. But, you next know. Time. Yes, next time. It was still a very fun game and one we got really excited about. And you will hear that in the review episode that we do. Yes. Okay. And there was a couple of games that we played separately this month. Our family went on a camping trip beautiful beachside town in WA and we didn't go camping with them but we did visit them a couple of times for little day trips and with all the nieces and nephews around we thought we'd try out a few games with them. So the first time you tried Takenoko. I did and if you've heard the review which we've just released uh, this month we would have talked a little bit about how this is a great game. I feel it's a great game for young girls trying to get into the board game thing. It's a good way to get them in uh, as a bit of a gateway game. So I tried this one out with my niece. It worked out really well. She got the instructions very easily and we were away quite quickly. And after a bit of fumbling on my behalf and some of the teaching things that I I was trying to remember at the same time as teaching her because it had been a little while since I've played. Um, But yeah. We got through it and she owned me. She, I, I was, she, she won, hands down. And it wasn't like, it's not one of those games where you feel like you're ultimately crushed by the end of it. It's a bit of a mystery. We both got the same number of, what do you call it, uh, goal that she achieved. And yeah, it was, it's actually really good. And it just goes to show rookie versus expert how much some how much it doesn't really matter in this particular game and then the other day trip we took down to visit everyone uh we took along king domino Mm. so i played a game of king domino with the nieces and nephews so ranging in age from eight to 14 yep that one's a good one because everyone could understand it 
there was a couple of times that we needed needed to remind people of how the scoring went throughout the game. Yeah. But apart from that, yeah, it was it was very fun, very enjoyable, uh, quick game, quick, easily quick pe- set up. Yep. Yeah, easily picked up. Oh, yep. no setup time for that game, but easily picked up by everyone who was playing and. Did, did you you won didn't you? I won. Yeah, but did, I won by did a you long feel shot. like I know you didn't feel at any point like you were being challenged at all or No, I did. I definitely did. Okay. I got lots of forest. Yeah, that's and right. And no one else was taking forest away from me. Yeah. So I just kept getting more and more forest. Yeah. And normally that strategy doesn't work, but because everyone hadn't played before, so they were all trying to focus on different things that they could get. Whereas I was focusing on one and, yeah, it paid off this time around. However, having said that, I mean, I won. I don't think I won by a long shot actually though because there was one person who did really well with mines and another person who really did really well with Swampland. So they were actually, you know, getting it. It just it worked out that I won in the end. Do you think if they would have had another game then they would have? Possibly. I think all that would have taken for me not to win is for someone to take a couple of the forest tiles away from me. Yeah. And that would have been... Because two of them actually completed the perfect square, didn't they, without any gaps? Yes, and but we didn't do the bonuses. Oh, yeah. I don't like to explain. With King Domino, there are a few bonuses you can add on to the game which aren't actually part of the initial game. They, okay. are, they are special rules that you can add on, yep. like getting a perfect square with no holes, getting your castle in the center completely in the yep. center yeah things like that but no we i don't like to add that on when i'm teaching someone for the first time because it just it's more complex than it needs to be it's such a simple game cool and yes so there was two of us who ended up with holes in our kingdom and two people who didn't and i think the two of us who ended up with holes in our kingdom actually came first and second so there's ah. an interesting little tidbit for you you don't have to have the perfect kingdom in King Domino to win. Yep. And there was another game that I played without you, and that was not there. That was at a games night at a friend's house. Because I was looking after our child, yes. Yes, and I got to go out and enjoy a game, and we played Gold West. Mm, tell and us about Gold West. Well, I don't think I've had to think that hard about anything for the last two years. and I'm at uni (laughs) so it was a lot of thinking this game there is definite potential for AP in this game for analysis paralysis for people just taking forever to take their turns while we were playing it every single person was taking time to take their turns so no one was really getting upset at anyone for Taking, oh, it's probably, oh, I don't want to say five minutes. That's probably sounds a bit long. Yeah, it might have been five minutes per turn. I don't, I'm not how, sure. How long did it uh, play for? It's it's a fixed round game. Depending on the number of players, you have a number of settlements. I cannot remember how many we played. Once you get through those number of rounds, the game ends and you add up the score. And the way this game so works. How many hours I can't do you think remember. it would have been? No. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea what time I left. But did it take a long time for someone to explain how to play it? There's a little there's a lot that goes into it. It's it's a euro. It's a definite euro. It's got a theme, but it doesn't play through heavy. You're really focused on what you're doing, a little bit focused on what other people are doing. And you're building this engine and you're working to get the most eloquent combination of things to get you the most victory points. Yeah. And it's a 
point scramble or something, a point jumble. Salad. I don't know. Point salad. Point salad where there's just all different yeah. ways to get points. Yeah. But it's a very, very good game. It's just the fact that we were quite amused by the fact that each of us on our turn, we would have to, you have to pick somewhere to put your settlement to get a certain amount of resources. Or you just have to pick a tile to get the resources from it. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of ways that you do that. And we were taking a long time to pick what tile we needed for the resources. But once, and then you're like, okay, I've got it. I'm taking that one. You're like, phew, decision done. And then you look down and you remember after you pick what tile you have to, you want to take, you've got four bins in which you can place those resources. And it's very important where you place them. So then you sit there for another five minutes trying to work out where am I going to put these resources? Am I going to put them in this bin, which is further away, which gives me more victory points, but it's going to take me a long time to get it there and they're all going to have to split up on the way. And yeah, it's it's actually, the fact that there's more than one point yeah. of just crushing decision. Actually, I'm actually really glad that you played that game and not me because sometimes those games that just – end up being too crunchy my brain just explodes and I'm just like okay I'm just gonna make a move I'm just gonna I'll think about it later and then regret it later during while everyone else is doing thinking about theirs but I you know I just kind of I'm glad that you chose that game for you to play or, or that was chosen for you and the other thing is before these two massive decisions that just fry your brain um, at the start of your turn You've, you've had to wait like 15 minutes for everyone else at the table to take a turn before it gets back to you. And you have to remember what you were going to do. <laughs> like it's one of those games where you do have to plan moves in ahead. Uh, like you can't avoid planning moves ahead. And so it comes to your turn you're like, what was I going to do again? You're like, yeah, I think I was going to do this. And then you get halfway through your turn and hold on, no, I should have – I should have a stone. Why don't I have a stone? Oh, I put the stone over there. I forgot that I was supposed to be keeping the stone for this. Oh, no, what am I going to do? Like, Yeah. And you, you, But you can't go back. You can't go back. By that point, it's too late. Now you've just got to keep going forward. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was very enjoyable. Good. I was miles ahead throughout the game. The strategy I was playing, I was getting so far ahead. There was about 20 points maybe even more between me and the person at the end there was at least 10 points between me and the person next for a game where we ended up scoring around 60 so you know throughout the game to get a lead of that big for a score of around 60 Mm, mm. I was feeling really good about myself I I understood the game and was able to have a strategy from round one games like that sometimes it takes a while to get into it to get a strategy but no I had a strategy from round one and each round I was like, this is going so smooth. I'm doing, apart from the fact that every now and again someone would take a tile that I wanted for my plan. I'm like, I'm doing exactly what I plan to do and it's going well and like almost surprised at how smooth everything was operating. I thought, I've got this. I've got this game in the bag. But no, my my winning streak has turned into a losing streak. And when we did the final scoring adding up, I didn't have a lot that scored at the end, whereas everyone else had a lot of the scored bonus at the end. Points, yeah. yeah, whereas mine was scoring throughout. It ended up being like the person in the front, one spot behind them, you know, one point behind them, 
two points behind them and then another one point behind them. Like everyone was so close in the end with the scoring, even though we were quite spread out during the day, during the game. And I ended up coming dead last. It so. does sound like with the victory points, the only thing that I can relate to with that would be Laws of Waterdeep, how you do feel like there's a massive like points difference between all the players. But when it yep. comes to the very end... It always ends up very it close. It always ends up close. Yep. Yeah. And it was just like that. So it was obviously well balanced with the different things. There was one part of the game that people criticise. Um, if you if you can't build a settlement, you have to loot. But at the end of the game, the penalty for looting is only minus one victory point for each time you looted. Mm-hmm. And people say, oh, that's not a very... That's not a very heavy punishment. Yeah. And I don't and I saw that and I was like, oh, I ended up looting the most. So I got the biggest penalty for looting. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's not too bad. You know, minus one victory point here, minus one victory point there. It turns out if you play this game and you're feeling like that's unfair or unbalanced, remember that for every like each time you put a settlement you have to put a settlement into the thing that tells you you've looted. That's a settlement that's not going onto the board. And that's where it really hurt me. So the fact that I had looted three three rounds out of about ten or something, yeah. rather than building a settlement, that was three settlements of mine that did not go on the board. And that's what cost me in the end. So the penalty <laughs> may seem small, but at the end of the day, it costs you in more ways than one, you know. It was a yep. good game. I know I'm talking about it a lot. I'm going to stop talking about it now, but it was a good game. I enjoyed it for a Euro that really makes you think. Cool. And I'm going to switch gears here a little bit from games played to games purchased. Because, yeah, you you um, found someone in our neighbourhood who was selling some a whole range of games through Facebook and you sent me the list and we just got really excited very quickly and like, we want that game, we want that game, we want that game, we want that game and then reality hit and I was like, okay, okay, let's start taking some of those games off the list. Let's just think more realistic about what we really want. And we picked up four games yeah. in total. So not as big as the last year's August Hall of seven, but still quite significant for us to be just, we find, we find out about it on, you know, one day and then we make the purchase on that same day. So within a few hours we'd had our, had our list and we're ready to go. So, and unlike that seven game purchase where we spread out the games, We've played. No, we've, we've decided to just play all <laughs> yeah. four that we purchased. We got all excited about them when we yeah. played them all. Yeah. Actually, not all. So the last game that we purchased is Dead of Winter, The Long Night. Ah, uh, yes. And we haven't played that yet, but we have set it up and it's sitting on the table. So we're mm-hmm. hoping to play it in early February before we head off on holiday. But the first game of, the, of our new haul, which somehow all fits still on our... Uh, shelf, which is fantastic. You've made some room. I don't know what you do, what magic you do to try and make all these board games fit, but uh, they're all there. And the first one we played was Fog of Love. And uh, this game? Yes. And I think I might be borrowing this from Shut Up and Sit Down, but it's advertised as a romantic comedy in a board game, and it's neither a romantic comedy nor is it a board game. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't win... 
or lose. You yeah. either stay together or you don't stay together in this. Yeah, and, and this is why I think it's not – this is why I say it's not a board game because there's no real winners or losers. Yeah. It's it's fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. you, you it, don't know – you, you yeah. almost don't know if it's a versus or a co-op. Like are you trying to beat this person in the relationship or are you trying to work together just, to stay in the relationship? It's very much like life. You just want to get your own way sometimes. Yes. You know? yeah. And yes, you can bend here and there in order for to, to keep the relationship together. But some cases, why bother, you know? If you if you really have that personality type that's been given to you by the by this and look, it's by important cards. by the cards. And it's very important that this is not of indication of anyone's relationship. These yes. are just character traits that you've been handed to, and by at, at, at random, and you just need to make sure that when certain certain scenarios, you get your way if you want to. Yes, it's a role play sort of game. It's oh, yeah. you're following yeah. a story. Different scenes happen, and you have to see different things happen throughout this relationship, and you have to see how your couple would react to them mm. and and it's very but it's fun if you can absolutely yes again like you say you cannot think of it at all in terms of your own relationship it's just a two-player game I should mention uh, but it'd be interesting for three-player games yeah. some sort of uh, <laughs> crazy relationship that would be so we had you you have your character at the start so I was Bastion Grey Yes. I was a muscular wedding planner who wore old-fashioned clothing and Old Spice. And I was Tracy Cole. Yes. A TV presenter who spoke with pauses and <laughs> <laughs> but had bedroom eyes. And nerdy glasses. And nerdy glasses. If I remember. Yes. You were also a perfectionist. I was until and you took I that was, away from me. And I was a workaholic. And you took me being a perfectionist away from me. Do you know the funny thing in about that this conversation? Game? Yes. And, and made I me said, I said, Bastion said, look, Tracy, we need to sit down and have a conversation. And I pointed out your perfectionism and said, you know, that I couldn't handle it and whatever. And so you changed. But here's the thing it made you unhappy. It did. And that's why I did it. This is this is how our game worked out. Because Tracy was a bit of a narcissist. Is that the right word? I don't know. She was quite full of herself. She's she quite arrogant. Yeah. And she used crocodile tears to get her own way. She had me she look put this beautiful necklace on. Oh, I'm sorry, I've left my wallet at home. Are you able to buy it for me? You know, that sort of thing. And Bastion was like a bit disgruntled about this he was a bit annoyed at this mm-hmm. so when it came near the end of the game and my destiny you know we would stay in this relationship if it was an equal relationship and I was like well the only way this relationship is going to be equal is if I make you as miserable as you're making me so that's why I pointed out the perfectionism and said it needed to change even though as a workaholic I actually quite liked the perfectionism. <laughs> it worked well with my personality but I sat you down and we had that conversation and we ended up staying together and making each other miserable. Yep, but we won. won? I, this is why I'm not so we, sure with this game. Yeah. Is it really winning? Would it be more winning if we had broken up? 
possibly we would have been more happier if we broke it up but uh you never know it's quite a funny game you have it little is. things it like is great there's um some more serious things thrown your way such as an argument with the in-laws and who are you going to side with are you going to side with me or your or your parents and then you have some fun things like i'm going to make you breakfast in bed and then what do you think I'm making you versus <laughs> like what would you prefer that I make you versus what I actually make you? Or you're going to start a new career and I'm like, you're what? Yeah, You're going to stop the wedding planning business? Yes, to become you're a You're making baker. a bit of money. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. And you have you can have secrets as well, such as my real age. That yeah. was That was hidden, hidden throughout the game. So, you know, it's a bit of a laugh, a we, bit of fun, if you tutorial. can get into... Yeah, yeah, we played the tutorial, um, which is the first one, which which was both good and bad. Yes. It was great that you didn't really need an instruction book. No, the way the tutorial works is you literally just start playing and, and make up the decks the way they say, and then every time you hit a tutorial card, it teaches you the next rule that you need to know to be able to carry on with the game. Great that way, bad so much as we kind of felt like you kept on I mean, being pulled out of character to learn more about the game. But that being said, next time we play, which I hope is going to be very short, very soon, um, it's not going to be while we're traveling around because the box is quite heavy yes. and I wouldn't do it on as a travel game. But um, when we get back, I'll, I would love to play this game again and yeah. just play one of the scenarios there. It, I'm really looking forward to playing that game again. If you can get into the role playing and get into the character and understanding that person, how they would react in different situations, it's, it is a bit of a fun game. I did enjoy it. So moving on, though, I feel like uh, yes, we've been chatting about board games. We've got to keep we've got to keep pace because we've got three more games to get through. Three, two, ah, two. Yes, we also bought Betrayal at House on the Hill. Yeah, this is when they need the lightning crackling or the thunder, I should say, like you know, rumbling sound and getting the wind and the chains and all very much haunted house sounds in the background for this one because it is, I mean, there, there are a lot of horror-style board games out there, but this one really has this, I don't know, like a... Creepy. A creepy, yet perfect for Halloween-style board game. It's just, it, it, I don't know, this the artwork, what happens to you when you're walking what around. Happens, what it's yeah. great. It just feels like a classic game. What happens when you're reading the text on the cards? The text on the cards... It makes it. Makes it. So you read out the text on the cards and you're like, oh, that's creepy. And we got really like it all just seemed to fit. Even yeah. though it's random cards and random I tiles. Know. Like we had the, what was it, the organ room right next to the cathedral. Yep. And we had skeletons coming out of the crypt. The crypt. Yeah. Like it was a random draw of cards. Yeah. And then we had, there was something else that happened. That makes sense. And you, of course you're going to put that near the stairwell. Yeah. And there and was, yeah, yeah it, there was a few things that just all seemed to fit with where we were. And we're like, yeah. this is working really well. The thing with this game is it's supposedly a what, three to six player game. Yeah. And it's one that we've had our eye on for a while, but we've never purchased it before because we don't like purchasing games that need a minimum of three players because quite often we play just the two of us. Mm-hmm. However, because it was, you know, someone was selling it cheap, we thought, okay, we'll pick it up. 
there is a really good way to play a two-player version of this game, which we played. So you each play two characters. At a certain point in the game, someone betrays the group. That's the way the game works. Yeah. So, I didn't give you anything away with that. <laughs> no. It's in the title it's in the of the game. <laughs> uh, so with the four characters, you get two each. One of those people will betray the group. What happens then is if you're controlling the betrayer, you become the betrayer. So you be- you become that you, character. Yep. If you're not, the other person takes the extra person away from the betrayer. So now that person's playing three people, which are the, I think they're the heroes of the story. Yeah, they're actually called heroes. Yep. Yeah, so one person plays ends up playing three heroes, the other person plays the one betrayer. The betrayer also controls any monsters like zombies or anything that might come out. So, you know, you've got a bit to do and it's enough. And I thought it worked fine as a two-player game. Oh, amazing, yeah. I mean, we play zombie side very much the same way. I mean, that's a six-player essentially game and we control you know three players each each. yeah and three survivors each or i think they call them and it's fantastic you know it it just plays so well and you don't feel like there's any um you waiting for someone else to make a turn because the the turns are very quick even though we're playing for the very first time it just it flowed very quick and we, uh, I think we actually finished playing that game in what, under an hour. Yeah, we got, well, I got unlucky as the traitor. Look, I don't want to give anything away from the game. There are 50 different scenarios yeah. in this box, which is just great. And they yes. are dependent on, you know, when when the betrayal is triggered, there are certain things that you need to look for, certain pieces of equipment are they in play, what room was it triggered in and all these different things. And that leads to which scenario you're playing. And I don't want to, like I said, there's 50 different scenarios. So there's lots of different ways you can play this. I don't want to give anything away. But I got very, very unlucky in that the equipment that needed to be found, the rooms that needed to be discovered already for the heroes there, yeah. to win was all already available yep. and all they needed to do was get to the right spot pretty much yep. to and win I the game. And I picked my fastest character to get there. And, and again, not spoiling at all, but it worked in so well with it with the with the story. With oh yes, and which that character picked, that picked? Yeah, and it was just yeah. This, oh, we want to tell was, you more, but we can't. Tell this you was more a horror movie in the making. This yeah. entire board game, you could just and turn the person this into who the person who ended great. up being the traitor. I yeah. was like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Like this yeah. person is obviously going to be power hungry, and you know, yeah. yeah. Let's stop talking before we give anything away, and we'll go on to the last game that we purchased, that we did also play, which was Fireball Island. Is this got more words to it? I yes. feel like I need to run Curse and see what they... of the... Valkur? Valkur? Yeah. Okay, so we're calling it that. Sounds good. Anyway, so we got that with like three expansions. Now this game... The person we bought it from... Uh, backed it on Kickstarter. Backed it on Kickstarter, exactly. Based on the hype but it completely was not the type of game for them. Which is great for them. For us. <laughs> for us, exactly. Yeah. Because, so, yes, we talked about this yes. game. Um, we talked about Mousetrap. We talked about Mousetrap. And uh, I'm sure everyone has in the world, like even third world countries without any TV or anything like that, they have all seen the Mousetrap commercial. 
Yes, growing up as growing a kid. Up. And everyone's a whole bunch of kids surrounding this board game, throwing dice, running around the, the board, and all of a sudden this little cage falls down on top of a man and everyone's like, ha-ha, mousetrap, you've been caught. And then you're like, wow, that's like an amazing game. Absolutely. Everyone then, wanted to own yeah, that game. Exactly. It looks so cool. And then, so your friend, obviously, because you can't afford it, ends up um, buying the game, getting suckered in, buying the game, and then you realise it's pretty much like... It's a space, Snakes. yeah, you roll, roll, it's a roll and move and it's a space you land on and then event, and you, it doesn't, you trigger it yourself, like you, it doesn't yeah, do anything itself. It's not like a timer or anything like that. It's not like uh, a dexterity game, which you kind of feel like it should be. It's very, it doesn't, the cage doesn't even matter. No, no not, you could just land on that spot and say yeah, exactly. whatever. You uh, didn't need the whole setup. Yeah, yeah. But not this game. No, this game, we, the reason we're talking about Mousetrap is because we decided this game is the game that we wanted Mousetrap to be. Absolutely. I would have loved to play this game when I was 12 or 10. I say probably a bit younger. <laughs> I think it was a bit younger that I wanted to play Mousetrap. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even six or seven. I can't tell the difference between 10 and 12, so that's why I'm kind of just throwing those two numbers around. And um, because it is amazing, it, it is... Uh, marbles Marbles Which are lava fireballs Which you get to flick at the opposition As they wander around trying to steal uh, artifacts And taking photos Of this island Which is an actual 3D plastic island That uh, you're amazing. running around yeah. And yeah it's, it's definitely a kids game Yes Oh but man can you have some fun Oh, yeah, I would play it again, just the well, two of us. It, we, we started setting this up and we're like, there's no way that you can sit down and play this game. You've got to no, be standing to be around standing, yeah. and you've got to be like, you know, moving your hand around. Because you've got to see around the thing. other side of the mountain. Yeah, like yeah. You can't do that sitting down. I know, I know. It's, and it, 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 it's well played that way. You know, it, it's such a good game that you just literally can't see the entire mountain from one angle. You need to get a and it's got the like you said the the orange marbles are like fireballs or whatever they are yeah. lava explosions and you get to flick them at the opponent to try and knock the opponent over so you can steal some of their treasure there's certain rules around the flicking though or for starters you can't flick you have to use one finger you can't use a finger and thumb mm, mm. you have to use one finger to sort of push it and you're allowed to push it hard if you want to but if you push it so hard it falls off the um, falls off the island onto the table, then you get penalised. And I was trying really carefully one time as we were playing to hit this marble because Pete had stolen the heart of Volker, Volcar, and that was like an uber treasure. And I was like, I'm going to yeah. steal it. I'm going to steal it off. Oh you. yeah, yeah. He was a target throughout the entire game. Yeah. So I kept trying to. I was like aiming very carefully to knock this marble. And I went a bit low and I knocked the entire <laughs> table. We had marbles going everywhere mm-hmm. and we but had to none, reset. But none off of the Yeah, off none the off of the island. So I didn't I didn't think I deserved to lose treasure, but pretty much everything that got knocked over was ignored and yeah. reset and yeah. I didn't get any benefits. But it was fun. Oh yeah. It was you have to live live down. Is that how you say it? I don't know. You got to be a kid with this game. It yeah. is just. It's not a, quite a roll and move, but it's close to a roll and move. Running yeah, around yeah. the island, picking up the stuff, and 
knocking marbles at each other, trying to knock each other over. It's it's fun. Definitely. Uh, and, again, another game that I want to play soon. And I'll, you, you, it's the type of game where you want to have the excuse, oh, come over, nephews and nieces. And, yes, you know, yes. Grow up, little kid, <laughs> fast, fast, because <laughs> I really want to play this game with you when you grow up. Yes. So, yeah, but... Um, I definitely want to um, play it again. Oh, and we're looking at the expansions and there's like a pirate ship and there's we tried to a just, swarm we just, of bees. We just played the base game. We just wanted to, you know, you want to experience it at all levels. So you start at the base game because if you start with too many expansions and then strip them away, then you're like, ah, oh, I wish I had that expansion. Yep. Yeah, but this swarm of bees, was it Crouching Tiger? Yeah, and the Crouching Tiger looks hilarious. Bees. yeah. The Crouching Tiger is essentially one of those, and I don't know if it happens in other countries other than Australia, but in Christmas crackers, you'll get these frog, these little plastic plastic frogs where you push down the middle at the back yeah. and they and then let go and they sort of jump they jump up. I accidentally got one into your sister's drink one year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are you know you just see them in Christmas crackers. I've never seen them anywhere else. But they use that concept, that crouching, they use the frog, but they turned yeah. it into a crouching tiger. And it looks oh, so it'll jump up and knock people over. Mm, that looks fun. Mm-hmm. It looks fun. Good game. Yes, very good game, and uh, very lucky that we picked it up. So once again, we have enjoyed all the games that we've purchased, which has been fantastic, and we've had a and really good game month of gaming. Variant between all of them as well. I mean, it's, oh yeah, it's insane. definitely. You know, Way yeah. different games. That's great. That's good. Now, okay, so this monthly manner has gone a little bit long. But let's move along and we'll end it with picking a random game from the app that we hopefully will play in the week that we're in our house before we go on holiday. Okay, so the random game is, drumroll, Burgle Bros. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Again, similar artwork to that of City of Spies. Spies. Mm. Yeah. But... Completely different concept. This one is like a bit of a heist. heist. We love our heists. Yes. Can't wait to play it. Excellent. So there you go. We will play Dead of Winter because it's on our table. We will get Burgle Bros onto the table and then we will go on holiday and hopefully take a few holiday games with us. And you'll hear back from us next month for our next monthly mail out. Plus we have a review episode coming out. On the 21st of this month, which will be Dominion Intrigue, as I've already mentioned. And yeah. You've been listening to the All Manner of Things podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us podcast at allmannerofthings.com. Or alternatively, you can visit our website at www.allmannerofthings.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you.